Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and uh, you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and, and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. We'll start again in Galatians 5, 22, and just a couple words in 23. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what you and I are to produce. This is, by the way, again, what most of the Christian community has totally missed. Totally missed. And they have missed it because they have failed to understand what first things first are all about. 22, Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is, now this is what the fruit of the Spirit is, Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance. Against such there is no law. And, and what that just means, that folks, if those are in your life, and if you're producing that fruit, and that fruit that you're producing remains, i got news for you, the rest of it is going to be a piece of cake. The key, the key to your Christian walk and the key to the success of your Christian walk is the production of this fruit and the remaining of that fruit, okay, which we have studied that. Now, if you haven't been with us previously, what you want to do is pick up those first two tapes because we laid the groundwork for what we're about to do today. Now, you take notes. You can write this down. Love is the first of the fruits of the Spirit, and it is absolutely without a shadow of doubt or shadow of turning, it is the key to all that follows, all right? Love is the very energy of life itself, transmitted from you to others and from others to you. When you get in a situation where people truly love each other and are really all in it in unity or one accord, you're going to find something out. Nobody cares whether you came in a suit and tie, whether you're black, green, purple, or orange. They don't care whether you're tall, short. Ball headed, lots of hair. No, well, I had no hair, didn't it? They don't care. And the reason they don't care is that they understand something. The Lord God is no respecter of persons, and we're not to be either. That if you, as a matter of fact, are a Christian, you are part of the family, and we don't go around in the family and decide who gets to come to the family reunion by who's got the nicest car or who it is that's got the whatever this or whatever that. Everybody's family. Everybody's family when it comes to God, if you've got Jesus in your heart, okay? Now, in Romans 13.10, if you'll turn there with me, please. Romans 13.10. And you would want to underline this if it's not in your Bibles. It says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Now, this is 13.10 of Romans. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, most of us know that love is the fulfilling of the law, if you've been around at all. Um, and been taught anything that love is the fulfilling of the law and the prophets. It also says another rendition. And I'm sorry, in another place. Now, what I want you to get a hold of here is uh, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Now, you may want to, in your notes or in the margin of your Bible, uh, when it comes to worketh no ill, uh, uh, will ne absolutely never, absolutely never will love 
say anything ugly, or act any way unkind to anyone. Love won't do that. Now, that ought to give all of us, from right here where I'm standing all the way back to that door, a little room for improvement. Somebody, please, say amen. Amen? Because that is, again, love is a thing that we all have, but we never see enough of. We all have it. We just somehow find uh, times when we don't produce it, especially like we should. Now, love is the secret of a fruitful Christian life, and the word secret you probably need to underline boldly. It is the secret to it. And now, let, let me let me say something here, insert this here. As we just talked about, it is the fulfilling of the law and the prophets and grace. But you'll find that people that have the love of the Lord Jesus Christ flowing out of them to you, those people have a tremendous amount of peace in their life. And that peace comes from this love. Now, I said in the opening statements, I said that this fruit love absolutely the key to the rest of these. In fact, if you love, okay, if you love, the rest of these will be there. So without love, somewhere along the line, you're going to lose out with the, some of these. Some people make an attempt. And please, as we begin to study these, I want to assure you something. Just because you have the desire to produce these things in your life, that would be the prerequisite, all right? But it does not mean that that's going to happen. You're going to have to work at it. And I, I, I would strongly encourage you to start with, number one, what we're teaching today, and work at it. You work at it. And I'm telling you, you're going to work at it. Now, you know what you should do? Every day when you get up, you should say, Lord God, I believe today that you're going to give me the opportunity. Now, boy, when you start saying that, you want to look out. Now, don't do that unless you're serious now. I want, to, I want you to give me the opportunity today to show love to somebody that's not lovely. And you watch the unlovely folks show up, especially if you have a business. Okay? They'll just go me to come crawling out of the woodwork. And then you want to remember, if you're bold enough to pray that prayer, okay? Now, every once in a while, people call and get... Say, I'm going to be in the heel line tomorrow night, and I need prayer because this isn't working out. Well, let me tell you something. If you're going to be bold enough to pray that prayer, you understand something. That the Lord God, and when we do this thing on prayer, it's going to excite you because we do a, we got a good, solid plan for prayer that we teach. Um, but understand something. If you're going to pray that prayer, it's going to happen. Because why? The Lord God wants you to have the opportunity to love. If you love everybody that loves you, the Bible says that, you know, that's no big deal. Because you can do that. Everybody, anybody that agrees with you and believes everything you want to believe, and most of you that are in this room, I believe all of you in this room today, believe in the film of the Holy Ghost separate of that of salvation itself. And, and I believe that through that, uh, uh, then you get around some other brothers and sisters in the body that says, oh, that's for the devil. It's a little hard to love them, isn't it? Or you get somebody come along that wants to do you some kind of unkind whatever, you? it's hard to love them. But you see there again, love never does ill, never, never returns ill or gives ill to, to its neighbor. Never does. Now, in Galatians, back in the fifth chapter, please, Galatians 5 and in the 13th verse, it says, For brethren, 
Ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for occasion of the flesh. Now this is Galatians 5.13. But by love serve one another. And you need to underline serve one another. By love we are to serve one another. Now what do you do when you serve somebody? Huh? Well now do you want, do you, do you want apple pie or cherry pie? Hmm? Do you want water or tea to drink? If you've ever been a waitress or a waiter, I've never been either one, uh, you, you would know what serving other people are about. You go and you begin to, see, if, if we're to serve one another in love. So what are we to do then? We are actually to become, you, you remember Paul saying, saying uh, as filthy rags, ministry, ministry often gets uh, a kind of a rotten break because people will take advantage, you know, people take advantage of people that will love. Uh, the, the Christians that are carnal, they often mistake that and don't understand that it's a spiritual love. Some of them uh, see it as a sensual or a fleshly type of a thing. But the fact of the matter is, we are to serve one another in love. And that, now, to do that, you're going to have to do what? You're going to have to, you're going to, have to practice it. 14 says, For all the walls fulfilled in one word, even, to, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And now, let's just for a second look at 15. And this is what's going on in most churches today. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. There's so many churches that are consuming one another because we're forgetting. Now, I, now I believe this to be the truth. I believe that within the Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic realm today, that we have spent far, far too much time teaching you or trying to attempt to teach you about the nine gifts of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost that we just flat bypass this thing with love altogether. And I have said and prophesied for a number of years that the Lord God is going to bring the church, the Charismatics, the Pentecostals, the Baptists, the Catholics, going to bring us all right back to the very base of the cross and some of us are going to have to find out we're going to start all over again. Because you see, we're going to get to what Paul was saying when he wrote the letter to the Corinthians here in a few minutes, which is dear to, should be dear to all of our hearts. Now, Jesus commanded us to love the Lord God in four different ways. And we're going to look in, in Luke 10, 27, in four ways he commanded us to love the Lord God. 10, 27. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, that's one way, with all thy soul is two ways, so with all thy strength is three ways, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor is thyself. Okay, but now he commanded us to love the Lord thy God four ways. Now, when you're talking about loving the Lord thy God with all of your heart, now I'm going to give you two renditions here because I've heard this taught both ways. I believe myself, when you're going to love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, that the word heart translated out of Greek is going to say spirit, okay? So that means with all of your inner being. Now, there's another teaching that, that uses the word heart here and uses the word uh, emotions, and you also could use it that way. I, the interpretation of that isn't all that clear, so I want you to know both of those, all right? Now, when it says with all of your soul, that translates as being the will. 
your will. You have a will, which is part of your soulish realm. All of your mind, which is also part of your soulish realm, is your mental facilities, or faculties, I'm sorry. And your strength means your body. So you're going to, you are going to serve the Lord God in your emotions and or within everything within your spirit, with all of your will, with all of your mental faculties, and with your body. You are going to serve the Lord God. Now, the Bible, the Spirit, and this is the Spirit of God directing the natural parts, and that's the reason that, that I wanted you to fulfill and use the word heart as emotions here too. The natural parts of man are to directing us into the supernatural and to deal with God and understand that God is love. God had to be love in order for him to have done what? Well, send his only begotten son to hang on a tree for you and I, and all these generations later, it still, it still has happened. In other words, he did that knowing that today it was still would have happened. He became the perfect sacrifice once and for all. And that's got to be some kind of love. Had to be some kind of love when he stood there at Gethsemane and those great drops of blood that were coming off his brow as sweat as he began to look out across that, that valley realizing the, what he was about to take on. And that was a heavy-duty thing. And I'm not going to stand here today and tell you that I could have done that because if I'd had the chance to call down uh, a couple of legions of angels to change things, I'm carnal enough that I think I'd have probably took my out. And you may or may not have, okay? Uh, but you'd never, we'd never know until we were there, amen? It's easy to, it's easy to, uh, to guess what we may or may not have done, uh, if we were in that situation. And again, you could never know until you were there. First John 4 8. First John 4 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. Now, the, you want to underline that if it's not underlined in your Bible, he that loveth not. Now, I don't know how strong that I can get with this today, but I want you to understand what that says. If you don't love, you don't know God. Now, I have preached in sermons that get right down to where we all live. It's impossible, I believe, to be a Christian and to hate your neighbor. I believe that. I believe it's impossible. I, I can't tell you how many. And we have a black brother here today. We've got black brothers and sisters in the church in Evansville where I have found that where white folks didn't want to be involved with the black folks. I don't believe those, black, those white folks are saved. I don't believe that. And I've told them, folks, I'm not a bit backward about telling them. I've had people come to me and say, well, I'm going to tell you what, you've got a black elder, I'm not coming to your church. You know what I tell them? Don't let the door hit you on the back side on the way out. And when you get out there, I keep going right down the road and make sure the lightning don't strike you. And if I see you in heaven, I'll be the first one to come and tell you how surprised I am. Because I don't believe you can get to heaven like that. Now, let me tell you this side of the story. Hmm? I've been around black folks, didn't want no white folks in their church. I'm about to go preach in a whole black church over in St. Louis. Got two white people in the whole church. They're not too wild about having white folks in their church, some of them. They're not saved either to feel that way. 
So you see, this thing doesn't come down to white, black, green, green, yellow, orange, and whatever. It comes down to here. And this is what God's looking at. See, here's where God looks. You, you can get out here and act like, oh, I love you, but you know what God said? Here, right here. When I was very, very young in ministry, God said, I'm going to teach you something. He said, you're never going to forget it because I was into this thing that, oh, we love everybody. We do, but I didn't. All right? Now, <clears throat> see, I've, got, I've said before, uh, the Lord God said to me, how about love? And, and I said, oh, I got that. And if I need to work on any of it, I'll do it later. Well, I didn't have any, and, and God wasn't going to wait till later. As things progressed and things began to change in my life in that area, then I got into the ministry, and the Lord God said, now I'm going to show you and teach you the rest of that lesson. He said, every time somebody comes up and hugs your neck and says, I love you, he said, I'm going to show you their heart. Now, he said, if their white heart is white as snow, it is going to mean that they truly mean that. But he said, if their heart is black as coal, he said, you're going to know they're lying to you, that they no more love you than a man to me. Now, that went on for a long time between me and God. It went on long enough that I just almost got to the place where I wasn't wanting to hug nobody's neck because I wasn't seeing no white hearts. All I was seeing was whole black hearts. Black. Black hearts. I told that story one night. I was in a church where they had a church split. Well, there isn't nothing like a church split, is it? That's the love of Jesus at its utmost. And I was in that church, and I don't even know what I was doing there. And there I was. So I told the story. And when it was over, up come an elder, and he said, well, brother, he said, I don't know whether to hug your neck or not. And I said, I don't believe I would then. If you don't want me to see it, don't grab me, don't grab me around the neck and tell me you love me. Because I said, if you do, the minute you do, I'm going to see that. And I'm going to know for a fact. And I'm here to tell you today, after that observation, and the Lord God teaching me the way he taught me, the church is in a heap of trouble. Because we truly don't love. And love is the prerequisite, folks, of the rest of it happening in your life. The reason I keep saying, if you can't get this part right, don't worry about the rest of it. Don't worry about raising the dead. Don't worry about the blind seeing and the lame walking in Jesus' name. Don't be concerned about that. Because I got news for you. Here's where it's got to start. The Lord, the Lord God taught me in the very beginning that it's all a hard work. It's here. It's here. My, the healing ministry that the Lord God has put into my life and that anointing for miracles, I still this day can hardly stand to see somebody in a wheelchair, somebody crippled, somebody blind. Can, can hardly stand it. My heart just almost breaks inside of me because I know, I know that there's somebody that paid a price that can cause that to go away in his name of Jesus. Now that kind of compassion, uh, can, I've had people just be very cold about all that kind of stuff with healing. Said, oh, that doesn't bother me. Let them be that way. Really makes you wonder. Because you see, well, don't make me wonder much because you never saw God ever do anything to them. They'd lay hands on sick people. Sick people never got never got healed. Uh, I can always tell when I get hands laid on people when they come to healing. I tell people God will use using healing, gifts of healing, got compassion in their hearts. Got compassion for the hurting, people that are hurting. See, Jesus had great compassion in his heart. And that compassion you and I are going to have to find. And that's where you're going to keep saying the church is going to have to come back to the base of the cross and I'm going to start over. 
and they're going to have to understand something. I don't. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. You can call yourself Humpty Do and Humpty Don't, and have a church called Humpty Did, and it makes no difference. The fact of the matter is, if Jesus is in your heart and there's love coming from your heart, then you are a child of God. You know God, and you are known of God, and that's the important thing. Okay. Now let's get to First Corinthians uh, uh, thirteen. Probably the greatest awakening as a Holy Ghost-filled Christian most of us ever have is here. Let's together, let's together start in, in the, the very first verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity. Now, this word charity means love, so I'm going to place love there. And have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, the understanding and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now listen to this. All my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Love suffereth long and is kind. Listen to this, it's kind. Love envieth not, love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Sure need to underline that. Rejoices not in iniquity, which is sin, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. But whether, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish. Now, what we want you to understand, now you, you do understand also, that the Lord Jesus said this, that there's going to be those that are going to come on this on that day that will stand before him. He said there will be, uh, there'll be bawling and squalling and gnashing of the teeth, paraphrasing that. And he said that they're going to come and they're going to say, after he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And he says they're going to come and they'll say, but now, Lord, have I not done marvelous works? Have I not prophesied? Have I not seen miracles in thy name? And he says, I don't know you, depart from me. This is in conjunction with that, of you and I being able to understand something. This Bible called the Word of God is alive and it's true. There, it is all truth. You can't have part of it without having the other part. You can't take, I think I pointed out, I think it was in this church. If it wasn't in dealing with three churches, I... At the end of the week, I'm not sure what I preached in what church, but we seem to know a lot of things, but we don't seem to know about Matthew 7, 1. Judge not, least you be judged. That's just as real as what I'm teaching this morning. Uh, that's just as real as by his stripes you were healed almost 2,000 years ago. You can't, have, you can't have this without knowing that over there is true. You can't have the healing without knowing that if you're going to judge, you're going to be judged. You cannot have one and not have the other. That's the reason, my brothers and sisters, 
that it takes years. That's the reason that these types of ministries aren't popular, because what happens is usually we get everybody, because it's been a new church, we get a lot of folks that come that think that they have arrived spiritually. And then they come under ministry of the Word that can be rightly divided, and then they begin to understand when the, when the man of God says this. You might as well sit back and relax for about three to five years and try to start growing up in Jesus Christ because I'm going to teach you enough balance in this thing that I'm going to prove to you that that spirituality that you thought you had wasn't quite where it belongs. I'm going to prove it to you by the Word of God. Why? Because it takes years to develop this stuff. That's the reason you can't grow up in six months speaking in tongues every day. You can't grow up in it in six months or you can't grow up in six years. It's a lifetime thing. And if you're not going to dedicate yourself and bring yourself to a place of understanding and grow up enough and get out of your childish ways of receiving the fact that this thing will work, but it will not work unless you're going to work it correctly. And that's what happens in most people's lives. They get out of balance with the Word of God, and when you get out of balance with the Word of God, you're done. Because you've given place to the devil, and the devil's going to take the place. That's the reason it takes, and all that upset. I've had people come, well, now, Brother Decker, you said three to five years. I don't think that'll be so with me. I've got folks that are sitting over there seven years later that come to me and said that, and they're still, they're just now starting to say to me, you know, Brother Deckard, I believe we're starting to learn something. I believe I'm, I believe I'm getting enough of this thing put together now, it's starting to work. It takes time. And if you're not, if you're one of those get quick spiritual people, you'll never make it in these kind of churches because we're going to show you. This takes time. This takes time. You're not going to work this stuff overnight. There's so much of it. You're just not going to work it overnight. But what we want you to do is do what? Start. Begin to learn. Begin to receive. Be eager to receive the truth and be more eager to put it to work in your life, okay? Now, when it said love suffereth long, it just means it's patient, all right? It's patient. Love is always patient. Always patient, not quick to bless God to rail back. It's always patient, always patient, always patient. Now, when it said kind, it has a tender touch. Always has a tender touch. Always does. Now, if I told you, love comes in a lot of packages. And then my problem is that I get the, the biggest problem I have with ministry is people try to put a finger on me and say, Pastors don't act like that. And I keep saying, but I'm not a pastor. And they said, oh, yes, you are. So they categorize me and put me in a, in a place. Uh, I can't love you as a pastor loves you because I don't have a pastor's heart. But I can love you in the spirit. And we're going to do some things. We're going to do some depth. I did a, I did a, 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 a more depth in the intercession than I've ever done a week ago over in Illinois. And we're going to get into all that stuff here. We're going to show you what loving in the spirit is all about. We're going to teach you what loving one another is all about. And, folks, it's in the Spirit that's got to be done. It's got to be done in the Spirit. Now, envieth not, it means never jealous. Uh, love is never jealous. Uh, and we see so much jealousy in ministry. We see so much jealousy. We see so much jealousy in the church with one trying to outdo the other spiritually. Within the churches. They just, have people just, you'd be surprised, people trying to outdo each other. Trying to, you tell a story, well, I had a dream from the Lord God. Well, I had a vision. I just better yours one, just one right here, right quick. That's good what you have, but listen what I got. Huh? No, love doesn't do that. Love does not do that. Now, uh, it went on to say, vaunteth not itself. It never shows off. It never shows off. Love will never show off. 
Not puffed up, it means it's not self-important. Love is not self-importance. Love doesn't feel like that, you know, that, well, you know, you gotta pay all attention to me, you know, that's one of those, one of those things. You know, do you know where love is most found? Uh, the people that have to have all the counseling are the people that have le the less love. Through the years, I can make this statement, and that statement's true. The people that are, have the less counseling are the people that truly are into love. The people that you never have in the office are the ones that are into love, and, and, and they, they, because people that aren't, there's all different reasons, and I've, I've said and mentioned before, and I don't want to scare people off, because if you need counseling, we'll get you counseled, okay? Uh, uh, you can come talk to me if you truly need to come talk to me, but be very certain that your heart's right with what you're about to do with me, because I don't have time to fool around with you. You want to come and uh, you want to cry on somebody's shoulder, you better cry on because she got closer to a pastor's heart, and she'll understand that. But you come see, the, the motive in which you come to see me is going to be all the difference in the way that me and you talk. And you come and you start shooting your mouth off about something that is of no importance. And we got a sister over in Illinois has to come see me about every six months to check see how spiritual she is. And that's went on for two years. And every time she come, I just, I just tell her, I say, well, I don't have anything to say about that. I don't have anything to say about that. Finally, last time she came, I finally just told her. I said, don't you bother coming back in this office talking to me because your motive's wrong. Your, your motive's wrong. You, you don't need to have to be told that you're spiritual. I told everybody, I will tell everyone, get scriptural. Don't worry about this spirituality thing. If God wants to use you in those gifts, he'll get around to getting it done. Don't you try to get into it before then, though, okay? But you see, there's, there's, there's reason. Now, let me tell you something. Now, you say, well, that's hard, and I don't like preachers talking like that. But I'm going to tell you something. I'll get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'll Love happens in a lot of different ways. I'm capable of loving you in the spirit. Most pastors are capable of loving you uh, just by patting you on the head and listening to your problems and, and crying with you over, over your problem, which that's needed. Don't misunderstand me. Now, if you miss, now some of you missed that series that we did. You need to pick it up so you not think I'm all that unkind because I'm not. I'm just telling you that love works in a lot of different ways. Now, um, we were, uh, does not behave itself unseemingly. You know, well, it, the love is never unbecoming. Seeketh not her own, never selfish, not easily uh, provoked, never irritable, thinketh no evil, <laughs> listen to this, never holds a grudge. Love never holds a grudge. Uh-oh, good thing we're not having deliverance church today, huh? Never holds a grudge. And you want to know something? One of the biggest culprits of keeping people from being blessed to God is the spirit of unforgiveness. You started, if you, if you got a, one of these things, well, I forgave him. Let me give you my definition about forgiven. Forgiven means forgetting and never, ever, ever bringing the thing up again. And if you got to drag it up, when you get aggravated somebody, you never forgave it the first time. Take that home and meditate on that for a while. That'll help you. And if you need help, that's when you need to get in line and get delivered of it. Because the Lord God will set you free, and then you can begin to practice love, see. But these people said, oh, I've forgiven such and such. And every time you talk to them, we go talk about the same thing we talked about the last time, how somebody did them wrong. Always somebody did them wrong. See, that's not, you, you just never have forgiven. Forgiven is forgetting. All together. Let's go on. 
rejoices, rejoices not in, in iniquity. It's never self-righteous. Rejoices in the truth. It's always dependable. Now, in Mark 12, if you'll turn there with me, Mark 12 and the 30th verse. And thou shalt love the Lord the God, shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Okay? Now look at 31. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Now, complete love is required of God, by God. Complete love. Leave nobody out. The Lord thy God first, in those four ways that we're to love him, and then you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, there is, and we, and we will have deliverance from time to time, and these areas will come up. There are some people that cannot love themselves. There's some people that can't. If you can't love yourself, Honey, you'll never be able to love your neighbor. There, there's things that block. Now, you've got to understand something. Now, we, we talk a lot here, especially in the beginning of this church, about teaching you about spiritual warfare and understanding the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he can, he's got a lot of tactics in which he can use to do that. Now, one tactic is that if he can keep you from loving yourself, you'll never love your neighbor, and he knows that. So he work on you and work on you and work on you and bring condemnation to you and say, see there, see, see, look how you are. Look how, look in the mirror and look at yourself. Yep. And then the devil's got you. He's going to be able to do what he needs to do. John fifteen twelve. John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment. And we're just hitting some highlights here. This thing could go on and on and on for days. So this is my commandment, 1512 of John, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you love one another as I have loved you. Now, Christ demands a reciprocal love. All right? A reciprocal love that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, if we're to love one another as Christ loves us, how much did he love us? <laughs> right to the cross. Really, it goes on and says in this 13th verse, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, I think I preached on that verse rather hard or heartily, however you want to say that, a couple of weeks or so ago. That you got, you have to really get right down to realizing something. That if we are to love like He loved, He loved the place where He gave His life for us. And if we are to reciprocate that, then we're in a heap of trouble because the church isn't. There's very few people. Uh, see, I keep saying, and I'm, and I've got myself in some, some real messes with this statement, but I keep saying this: we have demonstrated. That we cannot love each other. We've demonstrated that in the church. There's no, there, this is, this is so silly to keep hugging each other's necks and saying, I love you. When our hearts are cold, stone black. 
Let's just try to like each other. Let's start out with just liking each other, and who knows, time will fall in love with each other in spirit, and that's the way it works. Don't be so naive to think, because now we're with Christians, we just love each other. I've been with some real vicious Christians. I'm talking about vicious. I'm talking about Christians at one minute love you and say, I love you, brother, and the next minute just right in your back. That's not love. Love doesn't behave itself that way. Now, let me give you a statement of maturity. It's a statement of maturity. Everybody in this room, I believe, wants to become mature in the Word of God and with Jesus Christ, one and the same. The statement of maturity is simply this. When you can love the Lord thy God in those four ways and your neighbors yourself, you've arrived, honey. You have arrived. Maturity has got nothing to do with how often you prophesy, how often you give tongues, interpretation of tongues, how often you work the works of God to see miracles and or healings. Has nothing to, maturity has nothing to do with that. Maturity is loving the Lord thy God and your neighbor. When you can do that, the Lord God will look upon you and say of a truth, well done. He'll be able to say that. That's the area and that's the direction that if we in the ministry do not take the church, the church, and I have prophesied for years, for overall the church is in a heap of trouble. And the reason the church is in a heap of trouble, we quit preaching. Preachers quit preaching the fear of God from the pulpit. We quit preaching the fear of God from the pulpit. And when we quit doing that, we opened the door, and I'm, we gave place to the devil, and the devil took place. And now we have got a mess. I said if the Lord God was to come back, do you think that was something him turning the money changing tables over? I'd hate to think what would go on today if he visited every church. You want all people to have trouble figuring that out to be loved, too, I'm sure. Can you imagine what it would be like if Paul and Peter was walking the streets today? Huh? Can you imagine? You, do, you want, do you want me to tell you what they'd be saying? They'd be saying, you can read the message. They'd be saying the same thing to 99.9% .9 of the churches on the face of this earth today as they were saying to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes then. Same thing. That's where, and we think we're doing so well. Oh, we all dress nice. We drive nice cars. We got million dollar buildings. And oh, we got a plan for every plan that's got a plan and a few plans. That don't have a plan, we'll have next week a plan for that plan. And we have been able to do that, and we've been able to do that, and we've been able to do that to the place where we have taken Jesus out of the services. We've got, well, like I said, the church still arguing whether it be a Holy Ghost or not. And tongues, to everybody outside the Pentecostal movement, that's the devil. And, and, and like I said, a lot of the Pentecostal movement sees devils or demons cast out. That scares the socks off of them. Most of them have never seen a miracle, so they wouldn't know what to do with that if they did. They all believe in it. Yes, praise God, we believe it. Nobody ever sees them. So we need to come and understand one thing. If we'll come to maturity, we're going to be walking full-time in love. So if you're, going to, if you're going to have a goal, and we all should have goals, the goal that you should have, the goal that I should have, is that we're going to love the Lord thy God first. And then secondly, we're going to love that neighbor as we love ourselves.
Like I said, if you have trouble loving yourself, you're in the right church. We'll get you delivered of that. We'll get you on the right road. That deal won't take very long either. Hang around very long. Now, John 13, John 13, 35. Statement here. Listen, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Well, I love that. Now, this is proof of discipleship. He says in the 35th verse, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have one, if ye have love one to another. Now, see, again, it's hard. It's hard being even in crowds of people that are in places called churches. And the reason we have got ourselves caught up into this love thing most of us are smart enough to know that if you're going to be a Christian, then you've got to love each other. We're smart enough to know that. So what we do is we get in the building. I love you. Get that, we get that Sunday smile on our face. Oh, I love you, brother. Oh, I love you, sister. Oh, my brothers and sisters in Jesus, how I do love thee. Let me count the ways. Huh? Then we walk out that door. Come on. We get out that door. We get out there and get in that car, and we drive down the street. Hmm? The phone rings about Tuesday, this Sunday morning. Phone rings about Tuesday. Well, brother such and such, brother such and such had a fire and their house burnt down. Said, said we're wondering about some clothes. Well, all I've got, I don't have any older clothes. I, I just, in fact, I gave all my my stuff, older stuff, to the last the fire victim. What have you just done? You just flunked the test of love. Love, honey, doesn't give second best. Jesus Christ, the Father, the God the Father, did not give his only begotten Son. He wasn't second best, honey. He was the best. And when you and I have the opportunity to give, now listen, what did I say before? This is a heart work, and when the church wakes up and begins to understand that God of a truth is looking in here at your heart, he knows why you gave that pair of shoes. He knows why you gave this or you gave that. And if that motive of your giving is wrong, I've got news for you. You might as well just took it down and dumped it in the Ohio down here. And we're going to have to get the church understanding that God's looking at the hearts. And he wants to, he wants to know that you're giving the right way for the right reason. Hmm? I heard a gal tell a story one time that, that touched me and she said this, she said, she'd just gotten a new coat. I'd only had one other new coat, I guess, most of her life, adult life, and she just got a new coat. And somebody came in the church, and it was wintertime, and came in the church, didn't have, a, didn't have a coat. Now, she had that old coat. She had it at home. And she thought, now, I'm going to give, now, I'm going to give this coat, I'm going to give this old coat to uh, uh, that person. Said, I'm going to go home after church. I'm going to get that coat. I'm going to take it over and give it to him. Well, she got thinking about about it, and she went and gave him the new coat. Next Sunday, here she showed back up in church and had that old coat on herself. Here come that gal through the door with that new coat on. Now, what did she just do? She beat her place. Don't think she didn't. Huh? Because, you see, she heard, she heard the Lord Jesus Christ say, 
when I, the Father gave me, he gave the best. You do the same. I think I've told here in the church, we used to, we used to, some of the farmers would um, uh, have the cattle, hogs butchered, and they'd redo the freezers every year, and, and we got getting some beef that was freezer burnt. And they would give us, they would give us, the ministers of the church, because they were cleaning out the freezer, they'd give us all this. They wouldn't eat it, but they'd give it to us. Well, I just told them, I said, I'll guarantee you something. We can't eat that frozen, uh, burnt stuff that you're getting out of your freezers either. And you might as well, all we did was take it home and end up having to give it to the dog. You couldn't chew it. I said, if you're going to give us something, wait till you make that butcher, have that, have that cow butcher, then bring us some of that meat. Boy, things come up in the spirit. I'm going to tell you, boy, I had them upset then. Woo! How dare you was trying to be kind you? No, you weren't. You were trying to be convenient to me. You weren't trying to love me. You were just trying to be convenient. So, so somebody may see, see, listen to the bells jingle on the bottom of your, hem of your garment while you're doing something. So everybody thinks that you're righteous and upstanding and a, and a child of God. And the Lord God's looking at your heart and the intent of your heart. And by the way, you can pray without your mouth coming open too. Don't limit God. That, that don't, don't ever limit God to thinking that, I know what that brother said the last week if you were in service over there on Saturday. You can pray without, you can pray in your mind. Don't, uh, don't go to limiting God. That would kind of be a, kind of be like saying, well, he is a, a discerner of the intents of my heart, huh? But, uh, uh, you know, if something happened I couldn't speak tomorrow, then it means I couldn't pray. No, I don't think we can. Don't believe we can get that far down the line with it, but you do with it whatever you gotta do. Love is the supreme manifestation of the Spirit. Love is the supreme. You probably need to underline the word supreme. Manifestation of the Spirit. 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18. Statement here being, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, and that word perfect love, can be translated here as mature, casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, those of you that have problems, those of you that have problems with fear, okay, could be, not always, but just flat could be, there's not love there. If love's there, if love is there, there is no fear. People that love, see, there again, that goes through the, as you, as you become educated in the Word of God, you begin to understand something. You begin to understand how this whole program of God truly does work. God says, if you do this, I'll do that. If you're not going to do that, I'm not going to do this. You'll hear me say that over and over and over and over and over many times. Now what God is saying, if love is in your heart, there'll be no fear. You're not fear of the dark, you're not fear of storms, you're not fear of driving your car, flying in airplanes, swimming and swimming here, swimming there, walking down the street at night. You will not fear because love, love, see here again, it says love, love casteth out fear. I've had people come in, in heal lines that just were ignorant to the Word of God and said, I need this fear cast out of me. I said, you're right, you do, but I'm going to tell you what you need more than that. You need the love of Jesus Christ in you. 
Sometimes that greatly offends people. But you see, I didn't make this up. I, I, you're fortunate I didn't. Okay? <laughs> but I didn't make this up. This was put in here through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Man that wrote it down, the Bible says. So what you and I have to understand is this. When you're around people of fear. Now, let me, let me, let me try to do this kindly, okay? Because we've been, see, I come out of what's now the United Methodist Church. Okay, so I've not always been this way. Most people are like, wow, like I grew up like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. We never was allowed to say the name devil in the church I went to when I was a kid. But the Pentecostal movement has got more fear in it than any movement I've been around. You'd be surprised. I've been preaching, preaching in churches, and the Lord God would say to me, he said, and you're going to cast out fear tonight. I'd, I mean, tell you, this time I'd be there for an hour and a half, casting fear out of people. And then the next night, I'd always come back and I'd always say this, that love, <clears throat> perfect love, okay, let's get the rest of it in, perfect love cast it out. And if you'll get that love and get work, see, you've got to work on it, though. This is a fruit. Now, remember what I told you about fruit. There is a planting time and there is a growing time with fruit. And this is a fruit, and that's what we're talking about this morning, is this first fruit called love. But you've got, it's got to start somewhere, and if I was going to start, this is where I would start. And some of us make a mistake uh, trying to start down the long suffering. That's okay, because you're going to have to get there. If that's where you want to start, that's fine. But if I was going to do this thing, I would start out here. I would understand something. Then I'm going to have to love my neighbor because I, I assume, and I'm certain I'm right, that we in this room all love the Lord thy God in those four ways. So then we need to get to point two. We need to come down to the place of saying, now the next thing I've got to do is love my neighbors myself. Then you need to question. You need you, The first thing you need to do today is go home after service. You need to get on your knees, your face before God, and you need to examine yourself. You need to examine uh, do I love myself? That's the first place you're going to start. Do I love myself? Do I love myself? See, some people don't like the way they look. I'm too big. I'm too little. I'm too fat. I'm too bald. i got too much hair. Hair's the wrong color. My feet's too big. My feet's too short. My legs are too long. My legs are too short. Huh? Honey, God created you, and he loved every inch. Fat, little, small, big, large, in between. He loved every inch of it. Be happy with yourself. You're not going to look like whoever it is that the models on television. See, the devil set all those standards, whether you know it or not, he did. Trying to talk to you and talking to you, ah, they're God in heaven. You'd be surprised. Every once in a while I get people in line that get, gets into this stuff of, of, of eating all they want to eat, and then they go out and regurgitate so they don't ever gain no weight. And they're, they're God in heaven. Don't, 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 don't get into that. Understand, you've got to love yourself. I'm not saying that I'm not saying it doesn't hurt to be on a diet. I'm on diets, off diets, between diets, fasting diets, this diet, and everything else. I'm not saying you you don't you can not do that. What I'm saying, like yourself, love yourself, like what you see when you look in that mirror. Smile when you get up and look in that mirror every day. That's the beginning. Now, if you don't, you definitely need some deliverance. Now, this is a deliverance church, and in order for you to help yourself, in most cases, you're going to have to be helped. By the Lord God through somebody that can minister to you through the laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a doctrine. We'll teach you that of the Bible. 
of which we can, if the anointing be strong enough, can destroy that yoke in your life. Cast the devils out, receive miracles, all through the name of Jesus. Now, you've asked yourself that question this afternoon, and you've said, no, I don't love myself. Then I would suggest tonight over in Illinois, you getting up there in that heel line because that anointing is strong enough to knock you down over there on Sunday nights, and you just get up there and God deliver you tonight. Then you have now got yourself set up. You now love self. Now you're ready, because you love the Lord by God in those four ways, now you're ready to love your neighbor. Now you're ready to love your neighbor. So now you understand that now you've done that, you're ready to love your neighbor, and now you've got to understand and begin to ask this question, is there any fear in me? Do I fear? Do I fear? What are my fears? You should list them. You got Now see, I want to tell you something about Deliverance Church. The thing about Deliverance Churches is you've got to get honest with you. I had to be honest with me. You have got to come to a place of being honest with yourself. That's the only way this thing works. This thing won't work with your honesty being toward your wife and your wife's honesty toward you. That doesn't work. It's got to be you, yourself, and I, and it's got to be from right here. And you, you've got to say, do I have any fear or fears? Do I fear the dark? Do I fear... Uh, the, this See, some people, because I mean, this end time thing that I minister and have prophesied, and uh, uh, as I said, uh, I said, Brother Tolliver said, my integrity is gaining ground every day uh, because of these storms. And that was back in, let's see, January 1, actually 31st of December, that I told you that we're going to see, and these storms we're seeing just the beginning, folks. This isn't, uh, this isn't nothing like what we're going to see. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it's all happening, okay? Some people, fear comes over that. Well, you know, you're going to have to understand something. If you're in Jesus Christ, he is going to take care of you. He is going to take care of you, okay? He is going to take care of you. Now, don't be so, uh, uh, don't, don't, don't be so naive to think that intercession is going to hold back judgment from the United States, because that, that's, that's not right. Judgment has already come to this earth. And we're just seeing it get wound up and over the years coming. We're going to see more and more and more of it, and and so uh, there's going to be a lot of fear. In fact, so much fear, the Bible says that men's heart will fail because they're looking at what's coming to the face of the earth. Uh, that's the type of thing that the church is getting ready to go through. Now, again, love will bring you what? It, it, perfect love casts out all fear. So that's what you want to happen in your life. That's what you want to happen in your life. You need to read 1 John 2, 1 through 17. You need to write these down. We won't do that this morning. You need to uh, read 1 John 3, 14 through 18, and 1 John 4, 7 through 21. And that pretty well covers uh, a lot of the depth, anyway, in love. Now, we'll get back into the, all those, those three accounts at a different time. Now, as we want you to, to if again, with notes, if you're taking them, to put down divine love is the juice flowing through all the other fruit. It's, it, it's, it's the juice. Of, love is the juice that flows through the rest of this fruit that we're going to study. All these will taste in love, every one of them. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com.